mix with people that don't believe what you believe because we tend to talk to people who confirm what we believe and that is that is nice and comfy and but it doesn't evolve you you don't get ahead you don't um get to formulate why you believe the way you do and you don't get any new input in your um uh, little world thank you so much for listening to urbanistica podcast i am mustafa sharif an urban planner and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities don't forget to follow instagram account to see the stories behind the scenes and also subscribe the youtube channel to see the live talks let's get in touch on linkedin share your reflections with us with urbanistica community Recommend the podcast to people you think are interested in Urbanistica topics. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. So thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I have the pleasure to welcome one more time Anne Moline to Urbanistica podcast. Hey and welcome Anne. Thank you so much Mustafa. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I am fine. A long time no see, right? Yes. <laughs> I think last time it was before the summer. Yes, I only see you on social media <laughs> now. <laughs> but that uh, that much more often though. <laughs> yeah, I need also to say that uh, if you have a LinkedIn, you can follow Anmolin. A lot of inspiration. Big amount of inspiration. <laughs> I try. So how was your summer, on? Actually, um, quite nice to stay in Sweden and just uh, explore uh, the Swedish uh, landscape. So, yeah, good. Did you really switch off the hackathon and everything? Never. <laughs> <laughs> the hackathon mindset is uh, in my in my veins, I would say. <laughs> and I like it that way. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Anne, please feel free. The stage is yours. The microphone is yours. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your passion. Who is Admolin? <laughs> Big question, uh, I guess. Well, I guess I am the psychologist who took a different turn in her career. Um, I um, just wanted to do something else. And I had uh, the great opportunity to meet people who believed in me and who wanted to take a chance on letting me explore what I could accomplish. So that's why I am in the innovation industry now, <laughs> which I wouldn't have thought only five years ago. Actually, I think my passion is about connecting people and making people explore together what they can, um, what they can do. Yeah. And do, is there any specific moment that you'd be like, okay, this is my passion. Now I know. Or no, it's like a, a journey. I think it's more of a journey. But um, basically, I think my passion is the same as it was when I... Um, I came across psychology when I was 17 years old, when I was an exchange student in uh, Virginia in the States. 
and I just uh, thought this subject is so extremely interesting. Why people do what they do and what drives them and how you can understand people. And, and it's, I, I just knew then I want to be a psychologist and then I just wanted to explore everything. So I just said yes to things that came my way and here I am. <laughs> So what a big journey, actually. Did you practice psychology like as a profession? Oh, yes. Oh, you did? Yes, I am a licensed psychologist uh, and I have been working as a psychologist uh, for, let's see, um, 10 years. Wow. Do you use uh, psychological tricks to put people together? Always. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course not. And that's the the first question I get, of course. Can you read my mind? (laughs) uh, Is it obvious now who I am? And uh, to to tell you the truth, truth, I... I, um, would be very happy if that was the case, but uh, it doesn't work that way. And I haven't been working as a, a psychologist in, in my profession for, let's see, I think it's six or seven years. So I'm definitely out of touch for yeah. the clinical psych- psychological part. <laughs> I understand. So tell us, what are you working with now? Right now, there are many interesting hackathons uh, being launched. I am employed by the Swedish Institute, the uh, government agency for promoting Sweden and Swedish uh, interests abroad. And uh, there uh, is one big mission this fall, and that is to promote Sweden as a, a country for investment and innovation. And uh, we are launching several hackathons together with other countries in order to do just that. So can we call you the the hackathon woman or the hackathon (laughs) leader? Maybe queen of hackathons? (laughs) No, no, actually that's uh, someone else's, I think. No, (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that is what I would like to be called, but (laughs) whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you're doing a really great job and I think we have... So many different hackathons to talk about now. So I hope you're you're open for all my questions. Definitely. Thank you. So let's start with the first one, the the one that I'm really interested in. Kids hack the crisis. What is the background of this hackathon, and are kids gonna be the hackers in this one? Yes. Uh, actually, we started talking to UNICEF Sweden this spring, and we came across the 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 topic that no one has actually invited children to be part of the solution of the the effects that the pandemic has had on their lives, and this is uh, just uh, a dilemma that we need to address. So we decided to do that together. Uh, UNICEF Sweden and and uh, uh, the Swedish Institute. Uh, so the idea is to invite children all over the world. It's a global online hackathon to uh, join in the quest of finding real solutions to to the ongoing pandemic's effects on children's lives. Yeah, and uh, when we say children, or when you say children, what are the ages are we talking about? between 10 and 18 years of age 
and uh, we had to choose a language for for communicating in the hackathon and that is english so you you need to be between 10 and 18 and you need to know how to communicate in english and to navigate the digital platforms but uh, navigating the digital platforms usually isn't a problem for for that <laughs> age group <laughs> for this generation no. right when you say navigating digital pr- platforms do you mean data platforms or in general oh just uh, communication platforms uh, okay. like uh, slack or something like that yeah. something similar but this is yes. going to be globally as well right yes it's a global online hackathon for 48 hours and it is going to be on october 23rd through october 25th and the reason why we chose those dates is uh, because the un day is on october 24th uh, awesome yes. really well planned <laughs> yes <laughs> let's hope so <laughs> yeah uh, why you're gonna get help from children do they really know what's happening the how serious is the pandemic and so on i mean you put a lot of resources money investing in this event uh, but is it something like practical you're gonna get out of children i think we need to um just think about that question the other way around because we usually not we don't treat children as the citizens that they are and all the hack the crisis hackathons that have been organized both in Sweden and in other countries none of them have invited children to be part of the solution but of course they are as affected by the pandemic as everybody else if not more because they are not uh, able to to um uh, express themselves. No, express and they don't have the the power that um, grown ups have and adults have. So I think it's just the right thing to do to invite them. But also, uh, it is a fact that children have very creative and uh, good ideas, and it's um, it's only. Uh, uh, good good <laughs> planning to to invite him to be part of the solution mm. so i i think it's just the right thing to do yeah i i totally agree with you actually uh, tell me about the challenges that kids gonna work with we are uh, formulating them as okay. we speak they will be probably ready by uh, next week or so when we launched uh, the website uh, and um of course the the uh, the main focus is to find real solutions uh, to the effects of the pandemic and the uh, has had on children's lives all over the globe. And it can be everything from um, mental health issues to the fact that what happens to children when you can't go to school. Um, maybe you're also subject to to um, um, to to being more in your home and how does that affect you? Maybe the home environment isn't all that great. Um, in some countries, maybe you you don't even get the the um, the lunch that you uh, could get when you were in school. So the challenges will be different from from country to country, but. Uh, course we're looking for global solutions but uh, the challenges for children have uh, of course been different depending on in what part of the world that you are in yeah yeah and do you also plan to invest in the ideas develop them and make them come true or yes. come real 
Together with our partner organizations, and that uh, uh, includes not only UNICEF Sweden, but uh, many others that we will invite uh, to, to be part of this. And uh, we, um, the, the goal is, of course, to, to make the solutions real tools for the children uh, to use and for the benefit of children all over the world. And this is a major issue for me. Um, it, it's it's um, We can't have a hackathon that only results in great ideas. That's a waste of time. Yeah, because I, I now, now when I usually like talk with people on social media and so on, when I invite them to join like a, ha- a hackathon, because I'm very, how to say, a big fan of hackathon, especially the one that you are part of organizing it, <laughs> Uh, they tell me no it's just a waste of time come on they will not really invest on the winner's idea but now i see like a big change especially in the last one the hack for crisis yes the hack to crisis Sweden, crisis, uh, yeah. and also the uh, eu versus virus hackathon several solutions from uh, those hackathons have uh, been made into to real tools for for the good of society and i know there are um, pilots um, being launched um, uh, or has already been launched uh, here in sweden and also in other countries so that is a very concrete use for the citizens within a very short time frame and maybe that is one of the good parts or the good effects of this pandemic that the the um need uh, for for solutions to be innovative and to come to life really soon is yeah exactly ma- ma- make yeah. it make it quicker or faster yes yeah so before we move to the next uh, hackathon topic so what do you say for um, families uh, schools and i think uh, youth hubs that listening to you yes i would um be very happy if as many uh, children uh, and organizations as possible could join in kids hack the crisis because everybody is needed uh, not just uh, uh, the children but also of course uh, partner organizations and that includes everything from private companies to government agencies and of course uh, um, other organizations mm. academia how do we join the hackathon as a participators or as a partners there will be a website um, and that will, uh, I it will be part of the Swedish Institute. Uh, and uh, you follow me in social. Ma- follow me on LinkedIn, <laughs> the easiest and you won't way. you won't miss anything <laughs> if if you follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> That's a really easy answer to that one. <laughs> I, I totally agree. That's what's so, a good. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to the next hackathon topic. But before that, a small question: How do you keep track or the different hackathons how long is the process <laughs> <laughs> well um after hack the crisis sweden that uh, was the in in record time made uh within eight days from when we got the uh, mission from the ministry of infrastructure to the actual hackathon uh, that was of course not optimal to have only eight days but we did it and uh, in retrospect um considering the the um 
short amount of time, I'm really proud of the project management team for for um, making it happen. But of course, uh, in a in the best of worlds, uh, you will have at least a month or two, or even three or four, to organize a hackathon. But um, everything is doable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spe- specifically, this one was really crazy because I was a part of the coaching. There were seven thousand two hundred participants. Yes. Like what? And actually, we we aimed for a thousand because the hack to crisis Finland was, I think, the weekend before. And then if we could have like they had kind of like a thousand participants, that would be great. And then uh, seven thousand four hundred people signed <laughs> up, and yeah, w- it was busy times, but also uh, amazing to see such uh, goodwill between people, and everybody just wanted to help out, and and the same for partner work organizations like 160 partner organizations signed up to to help yeah. out and that's uh that's unheard of and for me at least uh within such a short time frame so and so d- extraordinary d- times yeah so do you use an application to keep track on the different hackathons or do you just use your brain <laughs> they're all in my head yes <laughs> <laughs> no of course they're uh, we, we um uh, planned them together uh, with a project uh, team at the Swedish Institute. So there's yeah. <laughs> not only in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. So uh, let's talk about the next hackathon in the Nordic. Tell me about the theme and the, also again the partners and deadlines, target group. Yes, uh, this is uh, very new, but uh, I would like to share it with you anyway, because I, I know it's going to happen. We are organizing a hackathon on smart cities together with the Nordic countries. So this we are doing with uh, Helsingborg City, age 22. And uh, it's a collaboration between them and the Swedish Institute. And this is also part of the the mission to to promote Sweden and to um, uh, promote uh, innovation and and uh, trade within the Nordic countries. So we are hoping that there will be solutions that come out of this hackathon, uh, the Nordic uh, Smart City Hack, um, that will be able to scale in all the Nordic countries and that we will find the common solutions that we can use for all the smart city um, challenges of the future. And that includes, of course, transport and waste and, and yeah. yeah uh, every the, aspect. Yes, of every aspect of, of what it's like to, to be part of the, the, the city and, and how we can make uh, it as a good place as possible to live in for the citizens. And that's why we're also hoping uh, as many citizens as possible in the Nordic countries uh, can participate in this online hackathon that will take place during the um, 822 uh, summit that will be on November to uh, no sorry uh november 2nd to um uh, 6th so somewhere there yeah yeah follow anne for more <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> information but i see when you talk about the hackathon and target groups you emphasize always the citizen when you say citizen can it be that the business owner can participate or a company or an, an organization of course, an organization can participate, but when I say citizen, I especially focus on that we we vote every four years, but in between, we don't do much. 
right? And we believe that there's not much we can do either to have impact on what's going on and how our community, what it looks like and what it's like where I live, on my street, in my neighborhood. And I would like to, to be part of, of changing that view that we can invite the citizens to be part of, of creating things that uh, affect their everyday life. And I truly believe that would make for um, a, a truly a better world where, where we are more engaged. And, and if I'm part of creating the community where I live, I probably will feel more responsible also for, for making it a good place. And, and I would, um, I'm hoping it would also uh, turn into um, a better place to live in. Yeah, of course. So you look at Hackathon as a change-making tools for the citizens. Yes. Is is it important for you the number of participators and the numbers of hackathons you organize or more that the solution that comes out? What do you I think there are two parts to citizen driven innovation and, and hackathons. Um of course there's there's this part of of just connecting people and, and promoting this innovative mindset that you work together over um over organizations and between organizations and and over um, um, borders, so that is one part that is very important to to break down the silos and and, and to foster innovation and and just uh, the collabora- collaborative effort. But the other part that is equally important is to make the solutions that come out of the hackathons a reality. Uh, so I, I would say I don't I, I can't choose one over the other. They are interconnected. This the making uh, real of the reality of the solutions and also to create um, this uh, network of innovative minds. Yeah, and and talking about network, do you see that people are are fine or okay with collaborating online? especially now after the COVID, what do you see in, in terms of quality of solutions? It's, uh, it's a new world. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, for, for me, I have been working um, on, on a distance uh, with, with the video meetings for the past uh, four or five years, every other week, since I live in the south of, of Sweden, and every other week I'm up in Stockholm working. And before uh, COVID-19, in, Often people didn't want to to have a video meeting, and uh, that was um, generally um, a recurring uh, dilemma for me. And after, <laughs> it's, it's not a problem. Every can everybody can have a video meeting. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> and if this solution doesn't work, we'll try another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was also a dilemma before. Okay, if this solution doesn't work. No. We're not going to do this. Ah, uh, okay. no, 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 I can't do this. This is, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> this is a bad solution to have a, to have a video meeting. And now uh, everybody, okay, if this doesn't work, we'll try this one. Or, okay, we'll try this one instead. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, how do you say, the, uh, never, uh, I don't remember who said it, but never waste a good crisis. And I think that is, for me, what it means that, it can drive innovation and, and create a, a mindset that is also a good thing, even though the, the original, the, the, the crisis in itself, of course, is, is a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. And also speaking now about the participants, you didn't get so many 
let's say emails complaining about that ah uh, we couldn't really talk or we didn't, didn't have the hackathon atmosphere oh you mean uh, in hack to crisis uh, sweden or uh, yeah uh, no, I I don't believe I had any of those complaints because uh, you could video chat and you can you can write in the chat and everybody understood that of course we can't meet in real life it's just not a it's just not an option right now yeah. um, so no not not that kind of complaints yes yes <laughs> well and uh, big hackathons are coming but I know also you crazy and you push it all the way so now let's talk about the international one or out of sweden or scandinavia the 5g hackathon yes we are um currently planning for a hackathon together with south korea and the reason for that is that um, south korea and sweden are often at the very top of uh, innovative countries when they are listed uh, and south korea are famous among other things for being very good at um, using open data for the good of their citizens uh, and the city of seoul is a very good example of that and uh, using open data and reusing open data for the good of the citizens is something that Sweden really uh, could become much better at. And that is one thing that I'm hoping will come out of that. Uh, and um, of course, there are other things that Sweden is uh, good at that we can uh, share with uh, other countries and, and of course with South Korea. And one of them is um, um, equality. Um, gender equality and uh, the reason for that is that uh, of course we have uh, a way to go there too but compared to many other countries we have have done many things that are good in that area so the focus of the hackathon uh, that we're working on together with South Korea is, is 5G and the um, sustainable tech solutions uh, for, for 5G and the possibilities for the citizens there so yeah Really interesting. Yes. It sounds really big. How do you plan? <laughs> like, yes, how, how, how do you plan the topic? Uh, that we do with our partners in South Korea. And, and those partners in, include, uh, uh, or the collaborative partners that include uh, Business Sweden and uh, the Swedish embassy there. And also um, another partner organization that we have an MOU with uh, on organizing hackathons and they are named uh, Past B Korea that we met uh, last year when we were there and it was possible to fly. <laughs> yes. And uh, those uh, are our partners. When, and then we um, talk to them about what would be uh, a, good, a good topic uh, for uh, a hackathon and um, so we will have to get back on that uh, exactly what the topics will be but the possibilities of 5g uh, and and of course sustainable tech solutions is is also um, the, the main frame yeah. yes do we have any uh, time frame when is this going to be it's going to be uh, in november but I don't have exact dates yeah. yet. But, uh, but we follow you. We yes. follow you on social media. <laughs> and, the, and the, actually, uh, the the challenge for uh, organizing a hackathon together with uh, another country that is so far away is the time difference. Mm. So um, we have done it before. We did a hackathon uh, 
in collaboration with um, Spaceport Sweden and and uh, the um, Swedish Embassy in Singapore uh, last year. So there is a good structure to fall back on and <laughs> experience. Yeah, you, ha- you have a good add. experience in this. Yes, because uh, of course, uh, if uh, some of the participants are eight hours ahead, you have to plan for that. Yeah, but that's we've true. Done it before, so yeah. Great, <laughs> great to hear that. And what is your favorite moment when it comes to planning the hackathon or during the hackathon or maybe after when you give the prize and people start to work on the solution? I think I like the start, the beginning, the best, because uh, the, the the feeling that's in the air when all the teams start uh, collaborating and talking to each other and they are getting inspired and getting ideas and, and uh, just starting out. Uh, I think that's the moment that I like. The ha- hackathon kickoff when everything yes, starts. When they, uh, after the... the um, uh, the start of the hackathon has just begun. Yeah, that that feeling is great. the the feeling of possibilities uh, and just the shaping of the ideas that are to come. That's a that's a great thing yeah. to be part of. And what is the let's not call it the worst moment or the moment that you're not really <laughs> in love with. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in a hackathon, um, no matter what time frame you have, there are going to be very, um, what do you call it, stressful moments, <laughs> to, to be honest. And uh, the ones that I think is very, uh, they're to the point, but you, you, you really feel that you're alive. <laughs> they're having, it's when uh, the, the jury work, the jury work oh. and the, uh, when that is because uh, it's often a very short time frame when the jury needs to to work very intensely on um, creating or deciding who will win and also um, a motivation for why they have chosen this particular team and of course they have jury criteria to fall back on but they don't always agree and just to tell them then okay now we have five minutes left and i really need that motivation <laughs> okay <laughs> and there is no then then we can't we can't give you any more five minutes after that this so it's, is, it's really yeah. tough to make the decision about the winner and Yes, because um, there are so many good solutions and it's not always that the jury members uh, agree on everything and, and, and there's a, if there's a prize ceremony to be held at a certain time, you just can't, you can't push that. <laughs> <laughs> if you have said that it is 6 p.m., it is 6 p.m., <laughs> it's not 7. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just... Uh, so, yeah, the deadlines uh, is sometimes hard, but also um, it's it's also good to, to, to be part of. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do you... I know when you're like reading the different solutions, you have the criteria to look at. But did it... Does it happen? Does it happen that you, when you start trading, you'll be like, "Oh, this is something really, really unique." Of course, definitely. Um, unfortunately, when you read the solutions for the very first time, you're um, probably in the middle of organizing the prize ceremony, so you don't have time to really dive into it. But of course, you get that sense of this is this is just fantastic this is out of this world this is something that's really that really has a 
creative height to it. Uh, yes, that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I I, lo- I love now when I'm talking to you. I love this hackathon vibes when you meet new people, <laughs> energetic. Everyone wants to change the world. Yes. So okay, question about also the craziest moment ever in the hackathons that you do. You have any like really crazy moment that you will never forget? <laughs> Okay. The, okay. The, the, I don't know if that means the worst. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Now it's mixed, like both positive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the the worst moment uh, or the craziest moment this year was probably at Hack the Crisis Sweden. Uh, just when all the the teams, the seven thousand four hundred people, turned in their solutions, their five hundred and thirty-two solutions were going to be posted on a digital platform. And I'm not going to mention the name of this platform because it's yeah I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we had talked to these people um, with this platform before, and they said yes, uh, they're going to this. It's going to be fine, and uh, of course it crashed. So uh, all these people trying to turn these seven thousand four hundred people trying to turn in their solutions and uh, getting refused, and the time is ticking and um, uh, people are getting frustrated, <laughs> and uh, well, it, it it worked out in the end, and we um, my team uh, did a great job of handling this, and of course it's uh, we just had to to. Um, postponed the deadline yeah. and uh, after a little while the, the platform was up again but that was uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you felt that you were alive <laughs> but the great part about um, working uh, with the people that I've been working with in that moment is that everybody is just so focused on trying to solve this problem and they take their own their own initiatives of doing so so I don't have to tell people what to do Everybody just works as a team, and they they do whatever they can to to make uh, this um, this problem go away. And that's also a great part to be great to be part of that. And uh, and it works. And nobody starts blaming each other. <laughs> and that's because that's the that's one thing you can't do in yeah. that uh, moment when everything just. <laughs> <laughs> hits you in the face you can't go why didn't you do this yeah, and i yeah. can't do this. No, no then you have to be really focused on okay we have this problem now i don't care who is to blame for this because it, it, that is not going to help us solve this problem we'll just focus on finding the best solution for um the hackers and the partner organizations everybody who's part of this hackathon okay. and that is very much about communication and so the the people I work with, I am very um, particular about them being good at communicating and uh, trying to to do the best for for everybody that's part of the hackathon. Yeah, and I also I want to take this moment to say thank you for you and also you take it to the team because I don't know how many people you are, but the communication was very clear. To be honest, when I was coaching, when I was talking to the teams, they were t- I was asking them, "Do you need more information?" Is everything clear? They'd be like, yes, of course, everything is clear. Everything is there. So you make life easier for the hackers, for the coaches. So this is like a big thank from my side to the team. That's very good to hear. That makes me very happy um, because that is, uh, again, uh, the great uh, team that I worked with that made that happen. 
that they uh, communicated as good as they could. But actually, uh, I've as many hackers said that to us that it was um, well organized in that respect. Um, that the communication was it was easy to understand, <laughs> and that's uh, actually that's the best uh, compliment you can get as yeah. a project manager because of course. If if you don't understand what's going on, how you can just you sign, do a you good ju- job? You, you just sign out, you know, <laughs> yeah. and enjoy yeah. the weekend. Yeah. So I imagine there's a lot of work is done behind the scenes. Can you tell us, like, it's up to you how much details you want to share, but the different steps from the absolutely the idea to get the partners, platforms to the end. Like, just give us some the story behind the scenes. The story behind the scenes. Well, of course, it starts with an idea. We want to make a good hackathon, or no, 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 not a good hackathon. We want to make an awesome hackathon for uh, a great um, for a great cause that that everybody is is on board with. That we believe in this in this um, uh, mission. And uh, after that, there's a lot of planning, of course. Uh, how do we create the platforms and, and so forth? But I really believe in uh, being very clear about the vision, where we're going as a project manager. I really work hard on uh, communicating, this is where we're going. And if I am good at communicating that, I believe that everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. So... Uh, if they have, um, they, they usually create solutions to um, the the problems that they um, that they have that are much better. If I don't meddle as much, yeah. So um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm not part of all the very small details, and and everybody is very um, um, what do you call it in in English and. Um, they take a lot of own initiatives and they are free to do so because in my uh, experience there are not very many mistakes that you can't uh, rectify um, th- it's much worse that nobody uh, does anything because they have to ask the boss mm, I mm. really don't believe in that and th- then nothing good can come out of that and so far I have not uh, encountered a dilemma or a problem that has been so uh, severe that we have not been able to just uh, fix it afterwards. Mm. It's better that um, uh, people do yeah. things. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's terrible when you just no no let's not do that. We can't. We have to ask first. No. let's do stuff (laughs) just do it (laughs) just do it yeah Yeah. so you have the idea you get the team and what's next of course you have to set up the platforms and so forth and and i i don't do that myself i i don't know how to do that my uh excellent uh um team workers do that and uh but a a lot of the work has to do with communication to reaching out to our partner organizations and that uh, and and also to uh to communicate um a sense of what we're doing uh, in social media and i really believe in communicating uh um a mission a feeling uh, that is that evokes uh, um feeling within people that i want to be part of this i can't miss out on this and uh, this is this is important this is something i want to contribute to 
that uh, I believe is important, and um, so, so that is and that is not always uh, easy, of course, because there are a lot of um, missions out there, <laughs> and to to um, break through the what do you call it the, all the the things that are out there uh, is is quite a challenge. Mm-hmm. But yes, I believe that's important. Yeah, uh, and of course you have to set out the platforms and you have to create uh, uh, the challenges. And uh, but then you uh, you you start. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, of course it's good if uh, all the ha- hackers uh, if they form their teams on their own and. Uh, the way we did it with Hack the Crisis Sweden, there were so many, 7,400. We had to tell them, please help each other out because we cannot answer all the questions that you have one by one. Uh, we are not that many people. So uh, try to to help each other. And that was also amazing to see the uh, the will to, to help each other yeah. out. It was yeah. a good co- collaboration, actually. Yes, I believe so, too. Do you also follow when... Uh, when the hackathon is done and now it's the phase of implementing the solutions, mm-hmm. are you there as well or no? This is not your mission anymore. Not uh, with Hack the Crisis Sweden. Um, as you know, Hack, the, Hack for Sweden, the government mission, was uh, given to the government agency of digitalization, DIG, on uh, March 26th. And I was part of creating the... Uh, Hack the Crisis Sweden hackathon this year, but uh, after the hackathon was uh, finished, uh, Dig has been responsible for uh, taking the solutions to the next phase. But uh, sometimes the teams uh, they ask me, "Oh, do you have uh, contact here or there?" And so as as of right now, I'm actually uh, talking to two of the uh, the winners of Hack the Crisis just to to connect them with someone yeah. that, uh, that I know uh, in my network. Yeah. But uh, the main responsibility is with uh, the um, with Dig. Mm. Yes. Awesome. And why you're doing this? Why you're so much involved? In different hackathons uh, one week you're in the south of your family one week you're here what's what's your goal what's your aim well i i really believe in citizen driven innovation and that if we as a community as many people as possible are part of creating the world that we need to live in today and tomorrow, we have a chance of actually surviving and and making this making and, and finding the solutions that we need for this world to go on. And I I actually think that's the only way. All, all of us have to be part of this and engage in this. Uh, and this is my way of of trying to contribute to to solving the the challenges that we stand uh, in front. Well, do do you see uh, like after hackathons that okay you you achieve something? I think I achieve two things. Uh, well, actually, I I my goal is to achieve two things and. The first thing is to connect people with each other that before the hackathon didn't know of each other or didn't talk to each other. And the experience of being part of a hackathon is 
unique in that respect that it's not like sitting in a room talking to one another that can also be useful but the experience of sharing a common goal and working on finding a common solution for a challenge that does something to people that makes for a certain amount of of trust and and confidence that you don't have in another setting and that trust and that confidence then comes out of working on a common challenge together that makes for a relationship that may continue afterwards and then you have made a new connection that can have an impact in in the future in another setting or in the same setting working on the solution afterwards of course but I that I hope I can contribute to and also of course uh, the actual solutions if I can um, be part of uh, trying to make them come to life that is um, I'm very grateful for that oh I would love I would really love to say thank you so much again for for sharing your reflections and also for being part of organizing these events Thank you so much for having me. So now I have, uh, now you're in my arena, the smart city. As you know, I'm working with urban planning and I would love to hear from you. What is a smart city for you? A smart city for me is a city that serves its citizens' needs in every respect. And when I say needs, that doesn't necessarily mean wants, but it it is a city that all citizens, no matter of age, gender, or color, or what have you, everybody uh, is can flourish and um, explore their capabilities and live a good life in that city. That is a smart city. This for is a me. smart city. Do you think it's uh, who's responsible to make this happen? Is it the, the government, the, the people, the businesses? I think the the government and uh, the public sector, of course, has a big responsibility, but it's not only their responsibility. We have to do it all together. But I would like to see the public sector invite to more arenas where you can participate as a citizen in creating the smart city and the community that we all want to live in mm. and of course i believe the the private organizations and and all uh, companies and other organizations in in society that they have responsibility yes but mm. we need more platforms and and arenas to to um to create this yeah do you think that uh, the public departments got that hackathon is not something for fun but it's ac- an actual tool to make things happen i don't know you tell me <laughs> i'm i'm working on it <laughs> i don't i don't think i'm there yet <laughs> but maybe but of course there are many other ways of of creating citizen driven innovation and 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 this is this is one one way one way of doing of it yeah. yes yeah and and if you get an uh, urbanistic time machine and you go back in time and you are allowed to change one thing in our cities what will you change it can be anything a policy a design 
I don't think the, the actual decisions or the constructions is the problem. I think it is the human mindset that is the dilemma. The way we treat our resources and the way we interact with each other and that we're not respectful enough of uh, either each other or nature or natural resources. So if we can <laughs> change the... The mindset. human mindset would be great. Well, we need. I don't know. I think that is yeah. what we would need, and if we could do that back in 1970, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what if you go to the future by the same time machine? What will you add to our cities? What I will add in the future. My dream city in the future would entail citizens that are truly engaged in making the city as good as possible and that it, it is a city for all people to thrive in to to um to really live a good life and and at the same time taking care of the earth yeah can we say this is a smart city as well I would say so. I yeah. don't know if it's your <laughs> definition. <laughs> For me, that is a smart yeah, city. That's what mm. I mm. really wanted to hear from, from from your side. So you have been in so many different countries, so many different cities. What is your favorite city? Or let's say, what are the two favorite cities for you? I guess I should be saying Stockholm here. <laughs> I really think I should. Well, if but <laughs> I'm... Oh, this is uh, this is a, a question of my conscience here. Actually, uh, my favorite city, um, for f- as of um, experience-wise, is uh, San Francisco because it's so beautiful, and I I love the 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 hills and and uh, and all of it and uh, the trams and and uh, beautiful Golden Gate Bridge and so forth. But of course, there are I I love Stockholm as well. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Much for telling this. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, we are almost in the end of this fantastic episode. Episode. Uh, I got many questions actually from people, and uh, because we record the first episode with you and Caroline, and uh, the question now is, what are your hobbies apart from hackathon? What are what do you do? normal life like oh my hobbies yes <laughs> uh that's oh it's difficult question because i really love my job uh i if you would ask my my children uh they would say i i talk about hackathons <laughs> and innovation <laughs> and my job a little bit too much <laughs> uh, but right now it doesn't it doesn't it it's not such a bad thing because it's the kids' active crisis and they they can be part <laughs> of that too. But uh, um, my hobbies, I actually I just I hang out with my family and uh, I um, I have a um, uh, n- not a very um, um, good hobby, I guess. But uh, uh, I love shoes. <laughs> That's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something you collecting. should say yes cool, and cool. watching and <laughs> shopping for shoes that's a really uh, it's not something you should say i guess but i i just did so <laughs> and but uh otherwise um yeah 
um, there's not much time um, outside uh, work actually. <laughs> so focus on hackathon family and yeah. shoes. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that is it. Do, do you imagine mm. that in the future you will have these shoes that you can fly with, like in the video games? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> you will fly to Stockholm. Yeah, I'd love that. Why not? <laughs> yes. Well, again, um, thank you so much again for giving your valuable time to record this episode. I'm very inspired by you. Thank you so much for having me. It was uh, inspirational to talk to you too. Thank, thank you. you. So how would you like to summarize what we talked about, uh, your reflections and three takeaway messages to all the listeners? Three takeaway messages to the listeners. Okay. The first one is quite easy. Try to say yes as often as you can. Uh, life tends to be much, much more interesting if you do. And of course, I don't encourage people to say yes to things that would hurt them or, or, or are obviously um, harmful. But I really believe we say no too often out of instinct or this will be difficult or just a little messy or give me too much work and I really believe much more great stuff happens if we tend to say yes why not let's explore that so that's the number one that's awesome yeah try to say yes a little more often and see where it takes you and the other one is try to mix with people that don't believe what you believe because we tend to talk to people who confirm what we believe and that is that is nice and comfy and but it doesn't evolve you you don't get ahead you don't um, get to formulate why you believe the way you do and you don't get any new input in your um little world <laughs> so try to network I would say with people new people and new situations and one way of doing that is of course to participate in a hackathon yes <laughs> so where you can talk to people who are uh, out of your um, usual uh, bunch so to speak and the third one try to be as much in the moment as you can because you never know when your time is up and that is a bit of a philosophical thing to say but i really believe in that yeah. that you um you always think that i'm going to do that later uh in five years or um when i'm retired or whatever and it really helps me to think if time was uh, limited, what would I do? Yeah. Would I be doing the same things that I am doing today if I knew I only had one or two years to live? Would I be making the same choices career-wise or relationship-wise? Or would I put my money into this? That is uh, a good way, at least for me, to, to get um, a sense of is this um, worth doing? So that really, wow. really think about what do you want to spend your time on? 
this is actually very very interesting to be honest the one that you see how valuable is the activity you do okay i am I'm, I'm very I have to say i'm very inspired by the by your takeaway messages actually thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you three hashtags mm. as well um, you're you're good in hashtags because I'm following you on Instagram. <laughs> you're really cool. By by the way, you should really follow on on Instagram. Super cool. Okay. Um, then I'm Anfani Molin. That's me on Instagram. Uh, three hashtags. Um, mm, what is that? Uh, that is a hashtag. Um, I don't really know. This is hard. Come on, you're doing it every day on Instagram. Yes, but no, the general <laughs> hashtags. Uh, the hashtag yes, then I guess. And hashtag uh, um, live life or whatever. Uh, hashtag uh, hackathons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is... This is no, put me on the spot there. I don't really know. <laughs> You well, have more time. My, <laughs> my three hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag Urbanistica podcast. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and hopefully see you again in uh, the next coming episode. And I wish you all the good luck with everything you do. The same to you, Mustafa. Best of luck, and thank you for having me. So thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast season number two. I hope you enjoyed the episode learn something new and got inspired by the guest and also please don't forget to share the episode with your friends colleagues and people you think they are interested in urbanistica topic follow on instagram account you will see the stories behind the scenes before and after every episode we record in the podcast and also don't forget to subscribe the youtube channel to see the live talks and also to see the vlogs if you have any feedback or you want to suggest a new topic or nominate a new guest you can just reach out and write me you can find me everywhere instagram twitter facebook linkedin youtube and also my email so feel free to write me and share your thoughts with me thank you so much again for listening i am mustafa sharif keep up the good work keep loving cities